0: Ladies and gentlemen, we got something great going on here for you tonight, it's talking with a dad, something we've been super pumped about, waiting for patiently, but anxiously. You'll recognize our guests from such projects as Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge, Death Stranding, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and soon, something I'm really pumped up for, Superman, The Man of Tomorrow. Please help me welcome our guest, E.K. Amadi
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 30 of the talking with a dad podcast tonight it's our first time we have a guest this is very exciting uh, i'll leave steve to introduce him stevie
0: you know what I, I i've been waiting for this for a moment folks i put this man on the hot seat to have him in front of a camera <laughs> and get everything on the record for the first time uh. so aggressive
2: <laughs> That's just he's steve. my brother <laughs>
0: He's my buddy and more importantly, he's a really, really great friend. I wanna introduce everyone to EK Amadi. How you doing tonight, brother? Good man. I'm I'm good. I'm uh Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I see you're uh you're broadcasting with us uh from your secret bunker there and uh that's you true. Food, your food supply
2: stock. I got my way. food supplies, my my bug <laughs> proteins, the whole bit, just everything. Good to go.
3: Yeah,
1: so ek is a is a is a voice actor, professional voice actor. Clearly, is a sound booth. Um, this is like like a dream of mine is to be a, a voice actor or be in radio for like forever since I was like twelve. I something know. like that. Yeah, super long. I've always either wanted mm. to do voice acting or, or be on really radio is always my was always my, <clears throat> my passion for some reason. That's why, I started, that's why I started making YouTube videos like a decade ago. So I started streaming on Twitch eight or nine years ago at this point. Like I always wanted to do wow. that. So it's super cool to have you on. Uh, you've been in an incredible amount of games and in TV. You guys would definitely recognize him uh, after this for sure, because he's been in some you know, very notable, very significant titles. So Dave, you want to you want to start it off?
0: So, I, 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 I've always wanted to ask you a question, man. We've spent okay. time with each other, but yep. the one thing we've never done before is we've never talked about nerdom, and we've never talked about fandom. So this is the first thing i got to ask That's you. true. Yeah. Are you – like, you're, you're a big guy. You're a big, imposing guy. We're two big, imposing guys. Our first encounter, hmm. I think we talked about MMA, and then we kind of both like – That's out. <laughs> but i, I got to know, man. Like,
2: are you a nerd? And if you are a nerd, what do you nerd out of? Uh that's the thing is like if you would have asked me that question maybe ten years ago, I would have said absolutely, you know. But now I feel like being a nerd has become it's come out of the the dark, so to speak, or the closet, or whatever you want to say, and it's become mainstream. And a lot of the stuff that people call nerddom that is mainstream mm-hmm. now, I just find irritating. Um, I because the t- the thing to me was that, um, I was always about, you know, I, I I read comic books when I was young. Uh, there were characters that I liked. There were things in media that I enjoyed that weren't that popular. And I was right. fine with that. You know, I, I had a, a lot of different tastes, but it never defined me. You know what I mean? I, just because I could tell you what Superman's backstory was or what comic book, uh, you know, The Flash did this in or whatever, it was something I enjoyed. But now I feel like... Being a nerd means that you have to give your whole life and existence and it has to define you completely. And if this person doesn't do this the way I, I wanted to, then I have to get angry and have to fight and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, it's not that serious. My identity is not in the things that I like. And I feel like that's what being a nerd has become. So right. I would say I'm an old school nerd, the 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 type back in the day who, you know, did this on the side and that was what I did, but I had many other. Facets to who I was. So,
0: so yeah. you haven't let the subculture become the dominant
2: culture and define who you are. Is what you're saying? That's what no. I, I, I yeah. I kind of. I kind of hate what the subculture has become. To be honest right. with you, I've hated. it.
0: Well, I'm a toxic nerd, so I'm going to ask you a few toxic <laughs> questions. <laughs> like, I, I'm an absolute toxic nerd. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I got into a fight with a six-year-old over a seat at Star Wars, and he won, and I got escorted out. <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> Zach
2: was there. He was I a wish, I was surprised. By I wish. I wish my response was really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me wait, too. Wait, I'm, I'm surprised by it. me <laughs> losing the
0: fight or the fight happening? you like, I'm going to say both. <laughs> <laughs> but so like zach was saying man you have an extensive resume and the reason i asked you the nerd in question because as i was prepping myself for this interview it's been a while since i looked at it. you know the last thing i remember really knowing that you were in i was playing shadow of war the uh, lord of the rings game oh, and yeah. i didn't even know you were attached to that title until i was playing and the character came up and i was like holy smokes that's ek man and then so that made me go kind of on a rabbit hole and I just wanted to ask you, man, you landed something that most people are really pumped up for. I just got to know if you're done with it, if you're allowed to talk about it. The Superman Man of Tomorrow. So this, is, this, oh, yeah. thing, this thing has got a lot of buzz around it.
2: <laughs> and like, can you talk about it? Or if you can't, you know. I mean, to a limited degree. Um, okay. I, because, because it's been announced. And here's the thing. Again, I'm not big on social media. I just never was. And so something that happens is like they'll announce something. On like twitter this is what happened with Superman, is that they announced it on twitter and then uh i'll get a bunch of because i do have a twitter account but i never check it and so i'll right. get a bunch of twitter stuff and i turned off all the notifications because i hate to be bothered by it but mm-hmm. days later literally today i'll get a text No, no no two days ago i get a text message from a friend of mine and it's like oh you're martian manhunter and i'm like yeah. no What are you talking about? And then I have to go check and see if it's announced. And I'm like, oh, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was what happened. So I can talk about it to a limited degree, but there's, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to it.
0: All right, I'll try to ask as vague a question, but I'm just going to bring you up on something that you you may or may not know about. It's called the nerd community. That's the black nerd community. Of Of course. Yes. (laughs) And so it's, I don't know if you knew this prior to the Martian Manhunter thing, but he is, Mm. like Piccolo, the most celebrated green black man in all of comedy. <laughs> like, like I've seen militant brothers who've, uh, who, who have pics in their hair and were just the angriest people on earth, but you bring up Martian Man and they're like, oh, yeah, I love that cat. <laughs> <laughs> did you know anything about that character before you stepped into the role?
2: Yeah, I not only did... Um, I appreciate... Now I'm going to forget the actor's name. from uh, From the... Justice League cartoons of the early two thousands Right. Uh was when I mean I knew about Marshall Manhunter a little bit. I'd read some of the comic books like uh um uh, is it uh Justice League Doom, where uh Batman takes apart the Justice League where you know he's had some prominent roles and everything, so I was aware of him. And then also having watched quite a few episodes uh of that TV show, you know, I was familiar with him there. And so when we went in to audition for the part, I kind of had a vague idea, but I think they were kind of looking for something similar, but of course, distinct. And so one of the things I really like about that character is that he's respectable, you know what I mean, overall. And and here's another fun fact, that's not the first time I've played Martian Manhunter. I also played, yeah, in a game, Batman 2 or 3? Lego Batman 2 or 3, I forget which one it was. Um, but it's kind of the same idea. And I, I, I liked that game specifically because the lines they wrote for him were really funny. But then also as a character, I appreciate him a lot. I did not know he was well-respected in the blurred community, but that's a bonus as well. <laughs> I
0: mean, I, I look, I'm going to send you a link. I know your Facebook account is probably deactivated, but I'm going to tell you 100%. It yeah. It, uh, <laughs> he is one of the... Most celebrated characters, and I just want to ask you another question, man. Because, mm. and this is something you told me, but okay. I instantly thought this was the coolest thing on earth. So, me and EK met about four years ago after our initial conversation about Ronda Rousey uh losing, I believe it was the Holly Holmes fight, that's what we were talking I think that's about. That's what it was, yeah. I noticed you had a very distinct voice, so I naturally tried to make my voice a little bit deeper, and I lost that contrast. Like <laughs> you know, kind of going back and forth. Oh
3: my god! <laughs> but
0: <laughs> when we started talking about like comics and stuff, and we hung out a few times, you told me about the Thanos situation. Would you mind just talking about that a little bit? About were you up for consideration for Thanos originally in the uh, in the Avengers? Uh, uh, okay,
2: so when um, back before when the the MCU was going on right? right they had uh a number of uh they had a number of uh, auditions for the voice of Thanos right but i didn't know what it was i didn't know anything about what it was so i read for it i think twice and then um nothing nothing really happened and it wasn't until maybe i don't know a year later i was talking to somebody over at Marvel who was saying, oh yeah, yeah, I heard your voice. It was actually between you and somebody else and I, you know, you didn't get it and so on and so forth like that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I found out later that I actually knew the guy who was the voice in the first Avengers movie, right? Okay. Uh, and so when he turns and says something, is speaking from the chair, I, I knew who that guy was. And unfortunately, I think he was supposed to be Thanos. Until you know how Hollywood is, things change, and it ends up being Josh Brolin. So,
0: yeah. I'm going to let you, I'll take this whole thing over, Zach. Go ahead. I know Zach's uh, got a a burning question.
1: I'm not not a nerd in that regard at all. I don't do superheroes, (laughs) I don't do comics. I like video games. Uh, One of my favorite video games of all time, Call of Duty series. I noticed Mm -hmm. that you are in a few of the Call of Duty series titles um including black ops 3 and black ops 4 which are two of my favorite games actually in the series uh what is it like working with with just an enormous corporation like activision clearly not the biggest corporation you work with obviously in in ties with marvel and and, uh, dc because you are working on those projects but what is it like working for someone like activision
2: well actually it's funny i think everybody has sort of a different um relationship uh with activision but i think from my end it's always been kind of personal um the person that i've worked with the casting director um that i've worked with over who does actually a lot of that her name is ivy eisenberg she's amazing and uh she goes out of her way to make it a really personal type of thing and she makes sure she she makes sure that the connections between the team working in activision and the actors are well bonded she she just does a great job of kind of grounding the whole thing and bringing it down to earth. So on a situation like that, you're going in um, and, you know, Activision has call of duty has three different teams now, I think. Um, yes, and yes, at that do. time, I think they only had two at that, I, or maybe they had just gotten the third one. So there's sledgehammer. There's
1: Treyarch, ooh, uh, and, then there's infinity
2: Treyarch War. and infinity ward. So yeah. I, I think, I think I've only worked with, uh, Treyarch and Infinity Ward, but anyway, or maybe I don't know. Dance I can Warfare, never keep all this stuff. I believe
1: stuff was designed by Sledgehammer. It was. Yeah. Advanced Warfare was designed by Sledgehammer.
2: You're right. Um, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So going in there, you've got like that. That game in particular, I remember. I think I can't even remember the amount of lines it was. It was an insane hmm. amount of lines, and you're yelling ninety percent of them. Right. And so it's this. It's this grueling. You know, and this is but you want, another thing that happened with the strike was that some of these sessions would last four hours and you're just yelling for four hours, which means that the next day you can't really do anything else. You know, and for me, one of the things that's been I've really pushed for my career is diversity, meaning that um, in the morning I'll be working on a promo in the afternoon I'm doing a commercial uh, or midday I'm doing a commercial and then the afternoon I'm working on a video game or an animation, I try to make sure that I'm diversifying what I'm working on. It's never just I only do video games or I only do this. I try to do a little bit of everything um, and try to keep you know those all those plates spinning simultaneously. So I needed to be able to go do this session, come out and be okay and do that. So sure. it was during that time that I uh, really got I learned to be able to speak up for myself and develop those relationships with them and be able to say, Hey, you know, this works, this doesn't. And I got to say the people at Activision always treated me very well. You know, we got through those thousands of lines and things went well. So it's, it's a good memory for me.
1: You definitely worked on a few of the games. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's actually huge. Like one of my dreams forever has been to work on a call of duty game. I've played, Mm -hmm. I don't even know, thousands of hours of, in my life you know probably probably close to ten thousand hours i would think wow. it is fa- is one of my favorite games of all time um mm-hmm. so but it's it's huge right so there's there's a million people working on these games and i was curious because i hear from a lot of the, the coding and, and developing side is that those guys are under such a time crunch like, hmm. definitely towards the end of the game that it that could get very daunting and very grueling and they're working, you know, 20-hour days at times to get the game out because, you know, they're, they are on an every-year cycle. So, yep. okay. So that's, that's really interesting, actually. Um, other games here, you've worked on a few of the Fallout games. Um, Bethesda, yep, yeah. an entirely different company from what I hear. They take their time with so. things. They, uh, they do it at their own pace. Um, do you have a favorite game? Because I, I, I'm the game guy, right? I don't I don't watch the TV, yeah. I don't watch the the comics and, and stuff. Which is like, it's super cool that you, you do that too. Have you ever a favorite game that you've worked
2: on? I do, but I'm working on it right now.
3: Oh, I can't talk about it.
2: okay, okay. <laughs> it 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 uh, it releases some point this year, and it's going to be, I think, amazing. Okay, I mean, and, and it and working on it has been one of the best experiences uh, of my career honestly oh wow really so cool yeah uh,
1: that's yeah that's super interesting because there's only there's only at this point there's only going to be a few games come out this year because of the the lockdown and stuff so you guys can speculate no, that, down on the, right you guys don't say it speculate down <laughs> on the down in the comments below
0: on which game here is going to be in
1: go back over to steve for more of this uh this nerddom talk
0: while i uh sip on my beer <laughs> yep, yeah get my tinfoil hat like so i'm gonna do a humble brag for you here man so we got mortal Kombat okay. 11 you just that just came out what was that mm. experience like
2: working on that one that was great too actually one of the things i really like um one of the things that drives me in working in video games is the advent of the story right you know uh a game like mortal Kombat, it's a fighting game so you don't expect too much from it but being able to you know be a part of such great storytelling um uh i don't know if i can mention the guys that worked on it i I don't want to get in trouble but uh the creative team over there is just really great and they go out of their way to you know plan and set things up and i i really enjoyed working on that game chiefly because of the people that i got to work work with they did such a great job with writing but also giving me the leeway to be able to play around i mean shao khan was somebody who (laughs) <laughs> to be honest, I knew a little bit about but when I got into it, I was like, Oh, this is his lines are just so much fun. And yeah. I know I, you know, I sometimes I read some of the comments and I know people have their criticisms, and that's great. I'm just as happy with the criticisms as I am with the accolades, but overall I just really enjoyed that working on that game.
0: Yeah, you know, because the one thing I've always picked up from you, man, is that integrity and in doing things excellent has always been a huge thing for you. And I'm just wondering yes. In these scenarios, when you're going into these situations, has there ever been, you don't have to name a company, has there ever been a time where you're just like, man, creatively as a performer, as an artist, this is not what I'm into. Because me and Zach, were talking about a streamer that he enjoys who's turned down a bunch of, what was it, like three or four big endorsements in the last Uh, month, Yeah,
1: the the last one he got an endorsement, it was for an hour and a half over a 30-day period. It was an hour and a half total for
0: $20,000.
1: And he turned it down because it was it would be negatively uh, negative for his
0: brand. So, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're just like, you know what, Uh, not happening, not happening?
2: (laughs) It's gotten to be weekly now. It's got to be weekly because the truth is that I feel like there's this there's this struggle that's going on in our industry as a whole, which is, and I'm speaking about video games specifically. Um, The thing about video games is that they're a new genre relatively you know genre of entertainment relatively and so there's been this in the last 10 years push towards maturity in quotes maturity and so what that has turned into is do the most salacious thing you possibly can because that'll get eyeballs and so story depth um you know interesting characters good writing all that stuff gets pushed to the wayside in order to get sort of the eyeballs you know what i mean it's almost like the it's almost like the the pornification of video games it's like right. whatever the most salacious thing is let's do that and i hate that and so there's been more than once where and the, the funny thing about video games the other thing is that if i if i audition for a animated series or uh, a movie i tend to know a fair amount about what it is you know especially in this day and age because there's so many sequels coming out when i get to read for this or that i can go look it up and see what they already did and have an idea of what i'm walking into but oftentimes in video games that's even if there is a sequel it's so secretive that many times you don't really understand what you're signing up for and from time to time, unfortunately, when I do find out what it is, or who's writing it or whatever, I have to take a step back because, and it's not so much about protecting my brand, even though that is, I guess, a consideration. It's more so that in my mind, I do this because I love stories and I want to be the best possible storyteller I can be. and. I want to work with people who have that same ambition and so if you don't have that same ambition i don't have anything against you i just don't want to work with you that's all okay
0: that makes total sense i gotta so i'm gonna get a little bit nerdy on you here because we sh- i should have done this in the beginning but zach called it out so we got lego dc super villains we got voltron legendary legendary defender tv series amazing by the way Ben just watched that whole thing but then the middle earth shadow of war that's an interesting Hmm. one right because i know you've been i know you've been lead in some games before but i didn't realize you had an entire dlc pack where you were the feature featured character on this and it's zach i gotta Hmm. tell you honestly there are two dlcs that came out with this i'm not saying this because he's my friend yours was definitely (laughs) a very interesting one because it took it took an exploration in some uh tolkien lore that's Hmm. not really explored too much what yep. was that like? Like, did you know going in that you're going to get the DLC, or that they present that you no,
2: later? I had no idea. In fact, um, I uh, that game was directed by uh, uh, voice directed by Troy, Troy Baker, and so mm-hmm. we had met a couple of times before that. But that was it was on that game that I really got to know him, and him and the rest of the team that worked on it. They just they had a just a natural way of working that was great. I had no idea about the DLC, but just working on the main game was an excellent experience. So when the DLC came, came into it, I was like, man, these writers are excellent. Because I feel like the Tolkien u- universe has so much to be yeah. explored in. It has so many different ways that you could play around. And for them not to go the sort of rote route and do kind of a, a retread of the same thing, but to go in a different area, I thought it was excellent. When I first heard about it, we were... Um, uh, I forget what that was called it doesn't matter i never remember any of this stuff years on. <laughs> but the point is that it was a great experience and i'm very happy to have worked on that
0: and you know it's funny because uh i've been i'm trying to get zach to play it i'm, I'm probably gonna purchase it for him but he's weird that way you can't purchase something and not tell him about it and and like, send it to him he'll he'll definitely return it to your credit card <laughs> but so the one thing I, I noticed when I was playing the DLC, man, is like it's different when you know that someone puts a, a lot into the craft of it, right? So I don't yeah. know the voice actor behind the, the main character of that game. Mm. I was the name always escapes me, but that's true. Watching Troy, yeah, watching yeah. your character develop in that game from the only, early onset was amazing. I want to ask you about that type of character development and how you see Nerd them now and like just popular culture with movies like say something yeah. like the mcu like you yeah. and i both really enjoyed the last two installments of the avengers have you heard anything about the direction they're going in now and does any of that kind of make you nervous as an old school nerd <laughs> I,
2: am I allowed to talk about this? Am I gonna get cancelled? Is there somebody waiting to <laughs> No, I think we'll get cancelled, you'll get a we'll stop get on canceled. the <laughs> Don't just, worry, just we'll pop a up of somewhere life. else. Just <laughs> just Honestly it, <laughs> it it's two things. One, I have to I have to admit that look, putting together anything of any scope this day and age is super difficult. You have a lot of people who have a lot of opinions and not that much skill, or a lot of skill and a lot of opinions, and they're all trying to get something done. But being able to bring them all together to complete one vision and one ambition is very difficult. And then you have the suits on the other side telling you this has got to be marketable, this has got to be this, and blah, blah, blah. So it's actually very difficult to get something. A lot of people, you know, they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's how I see most of the entertainment industry is that people come into it with such great aspirations and good intentions and they want to do this and they think it's good. But by the time they get put through the ringer of all the things that they have to go through, what comes out, doesn't quite look like what they hoped. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way it goes. That being said, I think that again, I'm, I'm very against this. Like one of the things that, um, that I find myself talking about all the time is this thing about representation, Right. I hear this all the time about we need representation. We need representation. And I'm like, I I don't think so. And I know I know I have a different perspective because I wasn't born in the United States. I'm African. But if you think I'm teaching my children to look to the television for their value, I'm just not. You know what I mean? I don't need that. What I don't need the character that I see in front of me to look like me. I don't need them to sound like me. I need them to tell a great story. I need them to be excellent. And so if, for instance, like I I was talking with um, a Nigerian friend of mine about this and he was talking about, you know, Nigerians in general. We're we're not well represented in Hollywood. We're just not. We're in a very low, but where we are well represented is in medicine. There are more Nigerians graduating from med school than any other group in the in the world i think you know and so that's where as a as a culture as a value set that's where we put ourselves and those who go into entertainment by all means be excellent but i i just want i I don't like this idea that i have to derive who i am and all from my entertainment that's just not what I do. You know, I want to go in, I want to tell excellent stories. I want to move people. I want to touch you and reach you where you are, regardless of what you look like, regardless of what you experience. And the way you do that is by telling excellent stories. And so as long as they do that, I think things will work out. If they don't do that, I think anyone is going to have a problem on their hands.
0: Let me ask you a quick rapid fire question. And again, I don't want you to burn Mm. yourself here. I know you read comic books. Me and Zach did an episode where I uh, I laid it on Zach one night. Zach doesn't read a lot of comics, but no, we were zero. talking i
1: I've read uh, zero comic zero. books in my zero. Life.
0: <laughs> we were talking about that same thing, the representation. We did an episode on uh, the New Warriors. I don't know if you remember this comics. It was one. Of, it was from the '90s era comic book time where everything was yeah. high octane, and you know it was just cool to have for Marvel to have mm-hmm. a team like New uh, Team Titan. Basically, yeah. is, it was their version. Comic book Wax and Wayne, they had a huge story arc in the Civil War comic book uh, mm. series when that happened, but they've been revitalized, and there's new characters that have been brought up. For the sake of no one getting cultured, I'm not going to bring up the names of the characters, but they've created some new dynamics in there that touch on the things you were talking about, about representation versus a good story. Yeah. Now, I went to go see Star Wars. Zach bailed on that, right? He <laughs> bailed. He did not show up <laughs> to the theater. You didn't show up to the no, restaurant. I, I
1: believe oh, the, uh, <laughs> the initial invitation had been sent out. And I said, I respectfully declined.
2: I just wouldn't so, enjoy Star, it. Wait, wait. Can I ask why you didn't go? Just out of curiosity. Uh, uh, actually, go.
1: the main reason was is that I had started a new job. They were going to like an 11 o'clock showing. And I had to be to work yeah. an hour away at 8 a.m. That's the main that's, reason. But like, I, I also... Don't enjoy Star Wars. I've seen every. Generally. generally I've seen okay. every single. The, the old two trilogies. I've seen yeah. the the oldest new one to come out. And maybe mm. the one after that. And I've never come out of a Star Wars movie going. You know my life is better for watching that.
3: <laughs>
1: you know. It, it's, it's always Fair like. Th- okay. Why do their blasters not hit. Like. why There's yeah. just so many things that I just don't like about it. And that's the reason it really, there's, there's the, main, your life main was
0: areas. changed by the Joker though. You did come out of that movie. Then you're like, things are more clear to me now. Than
2: <laughs> <you're>... <laughs> yes,
1: Yeah. The Joker. And then what was it? Fight club back to back. Like blew my mind.
2: Wait, did you see Joker the latest and Joker and fight club back to back?
1: It was pretty, it was pretty much in that time. Um, I had never seen fight club before 23 years oh. old. Yo- yo- younger yeah. guy here. Uh, I had never seen Fight Club, and it had just escaped my universe somehow, because it is a movie that I would enjoy by default, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, And then I had seen The Joker, and then Steve would convince me, that I was like, you know what, I need to, because I had like a three-week or four-week period in between jobs that I had had off, he's like, you need to watch Fight Club, like that's how it has to be, and I watched Fight Club, and it was like mind-blowing, back-to-back
0: on movies.
2: That makes sense, a good recommendation too. You know what, and that's what I'm talking about.
0: We come from an era where Fight Club, when it came out, was groundbreaking, right? Yeah. You can't make that you can't make that movie now. Not no. happening. There's no way you can do it. But it had what you were talking about. It had a story that compelled yeah. you. You were drawn into the dynamic, spoiler alert, between Edward Norton and Brad Pitt, and then the that yeah. whole concept. Did you see the latest Star Wars by any chance? Did you see any of the new Star Wars? I, I watched
2: the first one, I think The Force Awakens. Right and no man no. <laughs> no. Just no and then after I heard the, I mean I heard the <laughs> stories about the second one and then I heard the stories about the third I mean the the level of vitriol coming from both sides and I, and I think that's the thing no 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 I take that back I watched parts of the second one I couldn't finish it uh, I I put it in I just I couldn't it was the thing the thing that bothered me about those movies... I'm not that big of a Star Wars fan, generally. Right. But what I am a big fan of is good writing. <laughs>
3: <And> just, <laughs> Sorry.
2: It's, it's hard. It's hard to watch something like that and then listen to the the writing staff, the director come out and talk about what they chose to do. And then go oh yeah i agree i i just it's hard you know what i mean and and the thing is i i equivocate on that because i'm working on stuff right now with a team we're writing is we're writing stuff and i know how difficult it is because i've sat in writing rooms as much as i have been in these projects from an actor's standpoint i've also been on the other side several times i've right. watched people audition all the way up to making decisions about who does what you know what i mean and so right. I realize how difficult it is. And so I'm loath to just condemn somebody outright, but what I'm not gonna do is not have a spine and tell people their writing is good when it's not. And I think that's my big issue with those films is that, look, should there be women and minorities in Star Wars? Absolutely, why not? But here's the thing, there were women and minorities in Star Wars in the Wars. 70s, why, why are you <laughs> pretending,
3: why are you pretending
2: like that's not true? The, okay, the minority, yeah. The, yeah. the minority was in Star Wars. Billy D. Williams. Let's Billy get him. Williams yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so, should there be more? Absolutely. Why not? But here's the thing: is that when you let your agenda overtake the story, you kill. And and so that that's the thing: is that for me, I don't want to be a token. I don't want to. I don't want to be a token because what happens to tokens in the story is that they're one dimensional and yeah. they get treated as tokens. And so. I've had this discussion many times with many people that I've worked with where they come to me with these ideas and they're like, we're going to represent this person, we're going to represent that person. And what they don't ever seem to get is that I'm not against representation. I'm not against, if you want to make your character uh, uh, a gay transgender bat, fine, do whatever you want to do. If that's the story you want to tell, you're free to do that. But if you don't put that if you put that as their defining characteristic, those, according to you, are immutable characteristics, right? And what's interesting about a character is not their immutable characteristics. It is always their personality, their character, what they choose to do, not what they are. And so if you concentrate only on what they are, you cut your legs off before you ever even get started. And so, in again, going back to Star Wars, having a diverse cast is a wonderful thing. It's nice, but all things are good, but not all things are profitable. You know, you got to be able to decide what is more important and the story is more important. If you make the story and the character development, the central thing, and then allow the rest to be, you know, filtered through agenda, by all means, I'll be right there to watch your movie. But if you do it the opposite way, you're telling a trash story, and you're doing disservice to those minorities and marginalized people you claim you want to help. You're really just making them into tokens for your own agenda, and that's destructive.
0: 100%. I think we'd be remiss if I didn't ask one question. we got to backtrack a little bit here. Mm. I, got, I, got, I got lost in the interview. E.K., how did you get started in this whole thing? Oh,
3: <laughs>
1: thank
2: you. I was,
3: I was going to do that, too.
2: <laughs> how did you get question. started? so uh i went to school actually for computer science uh Mm -hmm. when i moved out to california i was working for a company called stamps.com um and i decided that i had a friend that did voices for disney i went to her and i said hey i want to i would actually at that time i i was uh actually i was still working at stamps.com when i did this i went there i said i want to do you know I, i said i want to do movie trailers that's really what i wanted to do um because i loved don la fontaine and i wanted to be like don la fontaine and so she sent me to a a coach his name's bill holmes and bill holmes basically built my career you know when i first met him i couldn't afford his classes so i would do his website and and program stuff for him so that uh we could barter for his classes so i took his classes for about a year After that, you know, he said, I think you're ready to make a demo. He made my demo. And then from there, I got an agent and I would, at the first couple of years, I was still working odd jobs. Like I would do programming for people. I would do web design. I would do all sorts of different things. Meanwhile, every time I booked something, I would take the money and go buy more classes. And so Bill helped me. Uh, to know who the best teachers were to go see. So I took classes with Bob Bergen and just a a whole bunch of other, you know, elite teachers who were working in the business at the time. And so uh, over years, I just went, moved from one agency to the next agency to the next agency um, and just kept working. I'm all about that work ethic. I, I think the thing that I learned from Bill that has helped me the most is that I practice. When I would leave what he was doing, I was always listening to, you know, people who I wanted to be like. I would, I, I would have their trailers on repeat. I would have their commercials on repeat. I would have whatever it was. And learning what the techniques were in class. There was a time in my life where I was in class probably four nights a week. You know, three hours a night, four nights a week, doing different voiceover classes, figuring stuff out. And so over time, you know, and the thing is, uh, um when i first moved to la i did a couple of on camera things and it was going fine it was going great in fact i had um a series of commercials that were running and i had uh, a couple of close calls with some guest spots on some of the bigger shows and so the, i was starting to move towards that track and i did this um i did two commercials so i did uh, i think it was bud light and miller light i think and so uh, the Miller-like commercial was on camera, and the bud Light commercial was uh, uh, voiceover. And so I went, we filmed, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't remember. They were both beers. And so <laughs> we filmed it at, uh, at Angel Stadium down in Anaheim. And it was a fun day. It was 16 hours. It was a football-type spot. So it was just me and a bunch of dudes hanging out, throwing footballs all day. It was such a good time. But it was a 16-hour day. So, the other spot, which was a voiceover spot, I went into a studio in Burbank. I was there for less than an hour, uh, knocked it out real quick, and then I left. And so, maybe about a month and a half later, I got the checks for both of these. So, just by Kismet, it turns out that they each of them each of them was doing a series of commercial they were commercial campaigns and so the one at Anaheim was I was in one of I think five commercials around that time for football. And then in the in the voiceover spot uh there were 12 voiceover spots, right? But my voice was on all the spots. So over here I made a certain amount of money, but in voiceover I made I think five or six times the amount that I made in wow much less time. And then I was like, huh. And that kind of realigned, you know, what I was putting my because I you know I, I want to be able to, and Steve, you know this, I, I like to get out to to volunteer, to use my yeah. time. I have a family. There's a lot of different things that I want to do in my life. I don't want to spend all my days on set. And so I yeah. started focusing in this area and that's the wonderful thing uh, that voiceover has done for me is that I've been able to, you know, if I want to pack my days, I can do that. But if I don't want to pack my days, it's all good. So, yeah. What was your first big role? like the. The first wait, the first on camera thing that I ever booked was a BP petroleum commercial, which was like one of those man on the street commercials where they ask you, like, what do you think of like uh, yeah. <laughs> gas or something? like?" I don't remember what the lines were. <laughs> but I was just to- <laughs> and then and then the first uh, voiceover thing that I ever booked was was, oh, yeah, Black Magic Titanium wheel cleaner that was the first thing i ever booked the first big thing i ever booked was like three or four months three or four months after that which was the remember the ford flex yes that ford flex uh commercial campaign that was my voice that was the first big thing that i ever
1: is it the one that had jeter in it the the the, there is the original ford flex is the there was a commercial line for the ford flex that had derek jeter in it i know that for a fact i don't know if it it was was the first or the second yeah, because there was, I, I, there was I don't one. Remember.
0: Yeah, there was one. But I, uh, I imagine it was right for that. Okay. All right. That's so let's All right. Well, let's, let's, get, let's get down to business. Talk to me about <laughs> Halo. Let's talk about Halo, all right? That's, that's why the people are tuning in. We want to know about Halo, all right? <laughs> okay.
2: What do you want to know? What
0: do you want to know? Take us through it. So you woke up that morning, drank some coffee, and then someone's like, hey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the story of the story of halo five is complicated and convoluted and to be honest has never actually been told and so this is something that um i still can't tell you the actual details of what happened i know the day when i will be able to i can't even tell you that <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is a 15 year NDA, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> there is a 15 year NDA. We've all had this idea
2: before. But let me just suffice it to say that what you have been told about what happened during that development mostly is not true. I'll just say that. And that's, I'll leave it. I know that's a very. Jerkish thing to do. To Very kind of God, I, like it. I thought, I thought oh,
0: we had an exclusive going on. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no,
2: I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Let me just say that, yeah, most of what you think happened and how things you think things went down are not at all how they went down. And that because I am. You know, not just wrapped up in NDAs, but have other things that are on my plate. I cannot go into any more detail about that. I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> All right. I, I I won't do that. But there's one that I got,
0: I got to bring up here because it's like, and you're ex, a very extensive resume, man. There's one that's really special, and it's really special to my mom, too. And I didn't realize mm-hmm. until I was getting ready for this. I did not know you narrated the roots. and that's oh, yeah. yeah. That's huge. It's the 2016 version, and I, mm. I hadn't known it. Can you just, because I'm sure you understand the gravity of how important that remake was and what that means and stuff like that. No, what actually, that I, don't, like? I, don't, I don't. OK. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what was that like, working on the roots, man? Like, what? <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that it's kind of a similar story. I, I didn't know what it was. So okay. what happened was that. Um, my agent calls me up and is like, hey, um, I've got something for you. I think it was at the Paramount lot. Can you head out there this afternoon? And I was like, all right. So uh, I, I went down. The, no, I'm sorry. I'm telling the story wrong. That was something else. I auditioned for it first. And I auditioned for it first. I didn't know what it was. I auditioned for it first, read the lines. And then I got called to go down there. Um, and so I, I didn't think I'd gotten it. That was what it was. I didn't know what he's like, Can you go to Paramount? So I went down there. And so, you know, I went in there and then I I the director comes out and he shakes my hand and he's like, You're gonna do the the VO, right? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Okay, come on, come with me. And so I walk past and then sitting right there is Derek Luke. So I shake his hand, you know, meet him and he goes, uh yeah, he goes, Derek, this is the guy that's gonna do the uh the voiceover. (laughs) Derek Luke turns to the director, he goes, Uh, what's his name? Um not Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, oh, Lawrence Fishburne. He goes, I thought we were getting Lawrence Fishburne. And he goes, <laughs> no. E. Good. But what about Lawrence Fishburne? He's like, no. E.K. is e. fine. He's going to do a good job. Just. And I was like. <laughs> were, you, were you standing there for that Yes. I was, I was standing right there. I was standing right there.
0: I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> It is defense. It is Morpheus. You, you got to respect that, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. yeah fine.
2: Okay. Anyway, so we go into the sound stage. He puts it up on the screen. We do the ADR. I think we did it two or three times. He was like, you're done. And I was like, okay, cool. I thought it was like a, I don't know, like a documentary, like maybe a, a documentary about uh, the, the original, transcript. I didn't know what it was. And so I did it according to the direction that he gave me. Um, and then I left. And it wasn't until months later that I understood what it was.
0: That's a, it's, a, it's insane, man, because uh, <laughs> you are like the Forrest Gump of voice actors. I'm just going to tell you that. Like, <laughs> you, like, you, like, Zach, you mind if I just do this now? Because we didn't do it at the top. Star Wars, Old Republic, Halo 5, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Fallout 4, Starcraft 2, Legacy of the Floyd, Rainbow Six Siege, which is on the decline right now, but you were probably a part of it when it was still doing very well. It, what's your secret, man? You're a working thespian. There are people who cannot do this. What are you doing differently, bro? Uh,
2: That's a good question. I think, well, how do I answer that question? <laughs> Tell I us
0: so we can do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a couple of things. First of all, like I, I have, and this is something that I get reminded of from time to time because sometimes I'll teach classes, you know, and somebody will ask me, you know, uh, you know, what can I do or so on and so forth like that. And uh, a couple of years ago, I was doing some, my friend Jeff was there, and uh, I was talking about you know technique and what to do, and he goes. Also, you have to have a deep voice. And I was like, no, no, that's not, he was like, no, 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 but you do. And then we started arguing about whether or not you need to have a deep Mm -hmm. voice. I think, I think that, um, for me speaking and public speaking is something that is a gift that I have from God. Honestly, it's a gift that I was given. And I think that everyone has their gifts. And so it's up to you what to do with those gifts. Are you going to, do nothing with it or are you going to refine it what are you going to do with those gifts? for me this is one of my gifts and so that being said is the baseline one thing that i learned early on from my parents is that it doesn't matter what other people are doing it doesn't matter what other people are saying it matters how you respond what are you doing and so that's how i see my career like when i when i first started you know um I walked into the booth the first day with Bill, and I don't remember what he gave me, but I did whatever it was. And he goes, You are awful at this, but you got a great voice.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of encouragement I like. <laughs>
2: I'll never forget that. And so, little by little, I just would refine. And that was the thing about me and him is that. I knew that he could teach me what I needed to know. And so I would just keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. refine. And when I say, like, I, I worked hard, I mean, I worked hard. I would repeat, 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 because the thing about VO is that, but actually the thing about anything is that mastery is not coming to the point where you're doing it all the time. Mastery is coming to the point where you're comfortable being uncomfortable in it. And what that means is that like, when I walk in to Paramount and Derek Luke is questioning my credentials in front of the director, it doesn't throw me because I've I've done it so many times that even in that uncomfortable situation, when you put me in the place, I'll be comfortable and do what I came to do. And so that came from hours and hours and hours of repetition of going and checking it again. There was actually a point maybe a year and a half maybe two years into my career where all of a sudden things just fell apart like i, I couldn't book anything anymore i wasn't working i was just like i didn't know what i was doing wrong so i went to bill and i said "Bill, i, I don't think i can do this i think i got to go get a different job and he was like what are you talking about i said i'm not booking anything he said okay well let's let's hear you read so i got up and he gave me a piece of copy and i did it and he goes where what happened to your focus what's happening and and we talked about that but i realized that i just come to a point where i was putting all these expectations on myself and all this anxiety and so what i realized was the only way to deal with that was to do it over and over so instead of doing my auditions at home for a year and a half every time i got an audition i would get up drive to bill's office and do it in front of him because when i was doing it in front of my teacher was my most nervous so i found the point where i was most anxious most nervous and i would go and do it in front of that person over and over and fail at it over and over and over until one day i wasn't failing anymore and that's how i that's how i went from person to for each teacher i went i would sit at their feet and learn what they had to say and then go repeat the practice on what that was over and over and over until no matter what the situation i would be comfortable like this COVID-19 you know, situation that's happening right now. So I'm working on um, these commercials that I've been working for a couple of weeks now. And I can't talk about it much more than that. But we're, I'm, I'm switching. It's, it's two ad agencies. So I'm switching between, you know, this, dire- I think four different directors. And they switch, switch, switch. And everybody has different requirements. And everybody has a different working style and so on and so forth like that. But because I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing, I can listen and adjust and focus. And it's just practice. So I guess that was a very long diatribe about practice.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally
1: fine. That's, yeah. that's our entire show here. Um, <laughs> really, it, it truly is. I got one question before, before we let you go. We're kind of over the 45-minute the <clears throat> mark that we, that we thought we would stick by, which never really happens. Do you have a dream role? Do you have a role that is that is out there that is in your head that maybe you, you thought you could you thought you would get or thought you wanted when you first started or or that was a yes. that was an end goal. Do you have a what is
2: the dream? Vader. Vader is the dream. Vader knew, is the dream. I knew it. I have come <laughs> so close to Vader so many times. So many times. So many times. And it doesn't make sense. I always okay, so if it's one thing when I lose out to um, like, there's, there was a a show a little while ago. uh, Can I even talk about that? But anyway, it came (laughs) down between me and James Earl Jones and I lost to James Earl Jones. And that's what it is. And that's happened a couple of times. It is what it is. It's his, he made the role. It is what it is. But several other (laughs) times, I've lost the role to people who were, let me say inferior in quality. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't often say that. Oh, that's, I don't that's know. The, other, that's the, energy I don't like. <laughs> often say that. But Vader is mine and it should be mine. And I'm that's that's really what I want. Um, I mean, I'm I'm working on some of my own stuff, and you know, I definitely want to play key roles in that, but the thing that I really, really want is is
0: Vader. Yeah, okay. I, thought, I, thought, I thought that was you in Fallen Order. And, and when I found out it wasn't, I installed the game, broke it. Threw it. <laughs> Actually, had
1: a, he had a separate hard drive just in case. Yeah, I threw
0: the hard drive at the ground. Oh, man, E.K., it's been yeah. a pleasure having yeah. you on, man. We really appreciate you doing this for us, brother. You're our yeah, first man. official interview here yeah. talking with a dad. And uh, you probably didn't do much research on the show before this. And we know you're not coming back after this. So
3: we- <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> how I feel every
0: how week. How did you know? That- yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> you want to shout out any uh, any projects you can't talk about before you head
2: out? or? Uh, I think that Superman movie is going to be killer. It's amazing. Um, uh, what else? Can I talk? That's the problem is that I can't. No, I can't talk about it. So but many I've got agreements. some great stuff coming this year. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I can't talk about any of it, but it's going to be amazing.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for coming on, man. You stay safe in these times. You give my love to the family, brother. Thank you.
2: It's been a pleasure, guys. You guys have a good night, okay? Yes, thank you. Thank you too, man. I'm, I'm backing it. I'm back. In for- no,
1: we're we're continue we're continue on here. We got a we got a few topics we want to we want to discuss and cover before we uh, before we let the viewers go here. Steve's having a little bit of internet issue. Uh, I don't know if it's Steve or if it's actually Discord. Um,
0: some oh, stuff going on. Sound here. Off. What's up? My sound off or My picture.
1: You you're coming in very um pixelated. So we're gonna let this see if we can let this pass here. Um, we're trying to work through it actually really there's there's one topic that, that we even remotely care about coming up it's ufc 249 officially happening in florida today right essentially today for when this video comes out i don't even know what to think about it anymore
0: listen all right so you said you didn't watch any but it, you didn't watch any of the uh, the countdown or any of that stuff right
1: Correct. Yeah. Actually before we get into it, do you mind leaving the call and then coming back in <laughs> and see if we yeah. can fix this for for a second? Sorry, my uh my level of O C D doesn't allow me to to let something like that that happen. Alright, turn the video back on there, buddy. There we
0: go, ladies no and gentlemen. Uh, no, it's, it's about three. the
1: same. It's about the same. Maybe we'll just work through it.
0: Pretty. If it's horrible, yeah, it's horrible. I'll just leave. I'm, I'm gonna mute my mic, and I'm just gonna do the face reactions to everything you say.
1: All right, that works for me. I could go on. I could go on rants forever. So Steve's gonna do uh, the pixelated. Actually, Steve looks like pixel art right now. Looks pretty sick. He's frozen in what I can only imagine. Oh, he's gone, ladies and gentlemen. He's gone, ladies and gentlemen. He got up and left. If you were not aware, we do a video version of this podcast. You should come over and watch it on youtube.com/slash/talking with a dad. So UFC 249 coming up. Let me pull up the card here. Uh, big card. First card back from the pandemic. First thing we're going to be doing. First first sports that's coming back essentially. Um, let's see. UFC 249 card. I don't want to go to the website. So what we're having here is Tony Ferguson. Steve's now back. He just ran around his house at least twice. Look at that! He looks he looks sweaty and disgusting. If you if I might add, um, Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gaethje. This fight has honestly has the has the ability to be a very very good fight, but it also has the ability to end up in a direction that no one wants that that ruins the potential Tony Khabib fight, which is really is which is what everyone wants. Right? Justin Gaethje goes in has definitely has the ability and has the hands uh, and the power essentially to knock out Tony Ferguson. Uh, I don't know if we've ever seen Tony knocked out the last time he lost. I believe was over a decade ago to Michael Johnson in a decision. So, oh, Steve, look, your video's back. You might be good now.
0: Michael Johnson is the greatest fighter to ever do it.
1: Hey, Steve's back in full force. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so going on to the co-main event here, Henry Cejudo, Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz is getting a title shot after not fighting for the last decade. Uh, the exact opposite of what Tony Ferguson has done. Uh, then we move on to, we got Francis and Ganu versus Rosenstroik. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your name, my friend. I know you're listening. That's going to be, a, that's gonna, That's a sleeper fight. It's that's d- No, that's game. an incredible fight. Honestly, yes. I, I don't think Francis wins it. Um, I think this, really? guy, this guy is r- really good striking. Um, I
0: was actually, uh, when I was watching Francis in the Embedded, listen, the man's in great shape. Uh, I was a little concerned by his demeanor and posture, but I'm not going to let that be the reason I think he loses the fight. I actually want to see how Francis has grown in this time off. So.
1: Sure. That's fair. Another sleeper fight, I think. Jeremy Stevens, Calvin Katar. Uh, Stevens always puts on a good fight. Uh, Calvin Qatar always, always puts on a good fight. Jeremy Stevens missed, missed weight by four and a half pounds. Um, yes. don't even care about the other fight on the card there. Other than that, we have Anthony Pettis Donald Cerrone. That's, I think that would be an okay fight. Um, we'll see. This might be Donald Cerrone's last fight, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, if he comes out of this again, saying that he's his head's not in it, like he said, with Connor, then honestly, um, you know, I don't see him going much further. Uh, you, you know, fighting is one of those sports. If, if you're halfway in, halfway out, it's a bad you get time. Knocked out. It is a yeah, bad
0: time. He has nothing else to prove. I just want to say around on one thing. I think you said Jock Ray tested positive. Correct? Oh for... yes, I was going to get to that. You didn't let me get to hold that, on, Steve. Hold on, hold on, hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. Was this the one that Uriah Hall?
1: He was the one who's fighting Uriah Hall. Yeah.
0: I, that's a good look for Uriah because I did not have him winning that fight. Uriah Hall, I'm on record saying is one of my favorite fighters. Yes, you are. I didn't have him.
1: Unfortunately, you're coming a little bit robot again, so the people at home might not be able to fully understand the uh, the implications Steve you're trying to make here. Um, then there's Alex- Alexi Olenek versus Fabricio Verdum. I think I think this might be a sleeper fight. Is this Verdum coming back after a layoff, potentially? Um, after probably an injury, most likely. Um, Testing positive for steroids. Yeah! That's the kind of injury I like to hear about. Um, Michelle Waterson, Carla Esparza, I think it's a really hard hard fight for Michelle Waterson. Um, you know, Michelle Waterson wants to be the first champion. That's also a mother. Um, honestly, she won't be because Cyborg has a child. I don't know if you knew that. Chris Cyborg has a kid. Um, so Michelle Waterson, you're kind of out the door there. I also don't think you're that great of a fighter. Um,
0: can we prove that it's her kid?
1: No, no. But I know she's a kid. So also, um, Amanda Nunez is having a child. So she better get it in the next fucking eight and a half months. Yeah, Steve. You know, you, know, you can come in here with your with your with your heretic answers here. Um, Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. Um, this is a good. This would be a good look for for Vicente Luque. I don't think Nico Price. This Nico Price is the guy that. Got up kicked or did the upkick? Recently. He did the upkick, right? Okay. Yeah, so, he, he did the up kick. Okay, all right, okay. Your voice is good enough for I- you may speak again. Um, <laughs> let's see. And early prelims, Bryce Mitchell don't care. Although Bryce Mitchell has this really weird cult following where they all want Reebok to give him these uh, camo uh, fight shorts and Ryan Spann versus Sam Alvey light heavyweight okay you know this is like we're deep here into in the teens which is funny because the division's not even that deep really the big news though coming out of it is Jockeray testing positive um for the pandemic after a family member of his had tested positive he uh announced it when he arrived on wednesday um he was seen facing off the Uriah hall at a much ba- much bigger than six foot distance with both have masks on for okay. the most kind of precaution fucking spider on my wall I almost just screamed
0: let it out holy it out. shit is it, um, is it a wolf spider
1: I don't fucking know and I don't want to talk about it to be fair
0: <laughs>
1: um, honestly that's kind of all we wanted to talk about but we're having some technical issues on Steve's side I actually do blame Steve for it entirely um,
0: is that it Steve Uh, where can the people find us at
1: oh okay I was, I was ready for the outro already cool ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to the episode <laughs> Episode thirty of Talking with a Dad. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and our website. All Talking with a Dad. Thank you again for EK for coming on. He was an incredible, incredible guest. It was, it's a, such a real high bar for for guests going forward. He was he was a great interview. I hope we he, uh, hope he's willing to come back at some point. Maybe when he can announce some of the stuff that he's been working on. I mean, we can go and talk about that and and have one
3: talk about some about some topics. Steve, anything you want to add at the end here? I love you guys.